Thank you so much for listening to the Spooky Door Podcast. Before we begin this episode, we just want to say that you can now watch our episodes and not just listen to them. That's right. We're now uploading all our episodes with video content onto our YouTube channel with lots of various topics, such as top tens and more. Of course, we will always maintain our audio form, but now you can watch the episodes. If there is any subject or topic you'd like us to cover, please let us know. Check out thespookydoor.com or search for the Spooky Door Podcast on YouTube. As always, thank you so much for being a listener and we appreciate all the support. Venture into the shadows with hosts Jordan and Ashley as they peel back the veil to reveal in-depth images into a different realm. One of strange events, places, occurrences, phenomena, and sometimes even horror. Join them as they journey through the spooky door. (laughs) Derek Coleman is a published writer residing in Columbus, Ohio. Derek is an enthusiastic participant in video game and internet culture. He shares with us his true life story of family indoctrination that ultimately led to his very cult-like life. We also discuss why people join cults like Scientology, Jehovah's Witnesses, Xenos, and many more. A trigger warning is also in effect due to the stories of abuse and including Derek's own experience with the extremely controversial therapy known as rebirthing. So without further ado, journey with us through the spooky door. And welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Of course. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Um, All right. Well, the first thing I think we should start on with is uh, psyops. Uh, It's something that you'll learn about in you know, psychology, or if you do economics or anything, but ultimately psyops is an extension of like what they do in war. Um, it's actually coined by the CIA. Uh, and I'm not trying to get into conspiracies, right. but, uh, it stands for psychological operations. It's literally how you do things to a person or people, control them, gaslight, and then ultimately make them succumb to your will. So exactly what the title makes it sound. Yeah, <laughs> it's nasty. Bloody intense, yeah. It's basically like uh, destroying somebody, not, but not physically. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that might even be worse sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, uh, it sounds really simple, but honestly, it gets bad. Um, really gross. Um, ultimately... I did keep some good notes on my uh, on what I'd went through during the time. Uh, as you can see, this journal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty full. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was scary. So um, yeah, um, do you guys have any like questions you want to start off with? Well, we'll go ahead and just start from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, from the beginning. Where did it start? First, yeah. I was born. <laughs> oh. Maybe not that I far. I exploded back. out into sunshine. <laughs> no, farther <laughs> than that. <laughs> All right. First, I was a twinkle in my dad's eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, the I guess where it started literally was I'm trying to think because it was more like me noticing that things were n- way more nasty than they were. Um, what I really noticed was enabling of really bad behavior, drugs, violence, alcohol, all these things, and then letting the person subsc- succumb to it and then acting like they're your savior. savior. Oh, it's another extension okay, of psyops. Yeah. 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 Um, so for good example is when I was in high school, I'm not particularly proud of this, but I did take you know like LSD here and there. Uh, I did take ecstasy a handful of times. And my... Um, uh, my family was like, mm, oh, all right, hope you had fun. Cool, all right. And, you know, um, when things started looking shitty in my life, whether it was called by any uh, narcotics and engagement or not, uh, yeah, that's when they were, oh, we'll help you. No, don't worry, we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. And then that's when it gets really dark when you have to be with them for long periods of time and, um, wow. Cause there's like, I, th- I would say that there's two major phases to what I went through. Mm-hmm. It would be, um, when I was a preteen to young adult and then, uh, 2019 to 2020, that was like the second phase. Okay. Um, so like recent one, yeah. the second it's one's pretty recent. recent. No, I, 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 I technically escaped, uh, November 3rd, 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. 
well, we'll get to we'll get to that story because that's going to be the climax of the story. Yeah. It's can't wait. It gets nasty. Um, so you've been in it like, and this it doesn't really have a name, right? No, it's definitely not a name, and it's definitely more accustomed to and specific to my family, which is really shitty. Um, no, I remember I, when I told you about this, I, I drew parallels to the Moonies because of the altruism aspect. Yeah, but when I um, really compare it to the Church of Zenos. A lot of similarities show up, like Xenos or Xenos, X E N O S, Xenos. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know that's who knows. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's about altruism. Um, everything must be pure. Everything must be right. Um, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's very hard. I'm trying to think of the word for it. It's um, it's like, yeah, forced will. That's just that, that thing that we're talking about. Right. I'm going to look in my notes here real quick. I'd like to maybe even get us a good, good, good sample of what I was going through in the time. <laughs> so like what's, what's perceived as right by them is right. technically not per se right. No, not inherently right or even right. 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 Um, especially if it's not your, ultimately your choice, it's somebody else's choice that they're making for you. All right. Well, um. In this one I'm seeing, I am, it's May 10th, 2020, and I'm scared that, uh, that, that, that they hate me. And I am saying, I know they're going to flip out on me because I don't think, they don't think I express gratitude. And every interaction I have with them is negative. Uh, this, is, this is not wanting me to experience this kind of negativity. And why am I being punished? Um, and then I even go in further to say, what, what, what about a counter argument? Uh, stop doing things that warrant response from them. And then counter, counter, is it unable for me to meet, I, it is unable for me to meet their expectations. Some are reasonable, some are not. Some come from a place of privilege and ableism. And that's, that's why reason I bring, reason I bring that up, because the moment I started thinking like that and really started looking into it, right. Uh, Actually, it was the moment I said the word ableism to them. They threw a beer bottle at my head. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that kind of reinforces what your suspicions were, right. I feel like, if that's the reaction you get. Yeah. So were you, like, were you, like, raised like this, like, your entire life? No, no. It it, it deterred into insanity. But okay. I think there was always some level of darkness. I don't know how to describe it. Okay. I wish I knew how to because I've I've wrestled with it for a long time. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Well, like, so like, what was like? Was your upbringing pretty normal, or is it pretty extreme as well? There were definitely extremes. Um, you know, my parents divorced when I was young. Um, you know, I had shared custody and I bounced between them. And let me think here. Um, I'm trying to think of anything that was weird. I did go to a private school for an elementary. I mean, like celebrated holidays and stuff like that. Act. Ooh, that's a good one. That's now what I mean. That. Like, that's <laughs> okay. what I'm thinking. Like, did you celebrate holidays? Or, like, yeah. Okay. Uh, we didn't celebrate Christmas. Okay. You know what we celebrated? What, what did you celebrate? Solstice. Okay. Yeah. I still got gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean. But yeah, they, um, I have nothing against solstice, but I remember saying that to uh, my classmates when I was in middle school and they were like making fun of me like did they give you like reasoning as to why they did that and why they didn't celebrate Christmas I mean I understand like, I didn't really question my... that that's right. one of those things that just flies under the under the rug and maybe that was a good thing and I don't know but the thing is I'm trying to think of like things that were weird outside of like oh. Oh, you celebrate birthdays yeah, we celebrated birthdays. Okay, so it's not like Jehovah's Witnesses where they like celebrate nothing. Did you oh, celebrate God. Easter or were they just like, because that's also a big religious. Only with the elders. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think that the my family is based in like a harsh kind of Christian beliefs, like a rooted Christian beliefs, kind of like the Church of Zenos. Uh, but I think there's like, somebody's will being imposed there that's making this all a bad thing and in this case i know whose will it is you know and right. xenos you know it's probably just like a family on top probably but uh, i feel like i'm rambling sorry i'm sorry right. i'm getting a little nervous on here. oh that's cool oh it's fine <laughs> want to get breakfast again uh no we're good we're good okay.
When did you start realizing like something was not on the up and up? Like, like this you, isn't like, normal. When did you start putting like when did you start putting the pieces like, together? Like where you realized like a diff that there was a difference between okay, this is more than just a bad experience or a bad point in my life. This is something more. Yeah. Okay. So um what had happened in 2019, I moved in with my family uh, because of the COVID problem that was coming up. I had also just graduated uh, college. Okay. So moved in with them while the COVID stuff was happening. Um, the day after I moved in, they said, why aren't you, why haven't you found a new place yet? And I was <laughs> like, well, I'm, I'm definitely looking like you can even right. look at my internet history. Like I'm definitely. So were you supposed to just live there for a day? An and hour? apparently, I don't know because I had moved in a decent amount of stuff and they had a spare bedroom for me. But, um, when I, when I thought that was kind of weird and then I would hear them talking about me, like, what are we going to do about him? Like you were a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is family. I'm not going to say right. specifically. Well, not family, just but, that, but like, yeah. I feel like, at the age you're at in your life, like yeah. we should be beyond yeah. those type of conversations. Yeah. And there was a monetary exchange from me to them. So Even like having someone like crash on your couch for a couple of days, like you're not going to be like, like first day, like, Hey, hey we you move when you get right. like, you you out. out of here. <laughs> it's like, I know that we said you could come stay, but get out of here. But if you think about that, that's they're not, their goal when saying that isn't to get me to leave. Really? No. No. Okay. No. So, what was, what was the, the goal? goal then? The goal is to start to do that psyop shit. To start to oh. go black, uh, gaslight me. Oh. oh. So I start to think. Oh, so God, then they can turn yet. around and be and, like, and "Hey, no, it's okay. You haven't found a place right. yet. No, it's fine." And then it, the cycle just continues over and over and over. I feel over. like that would make more sense. And it's yeah. day after day, or even several times in a day. Um, and then when I and then eventually the argument came up where I was like. Hey, you know what? I feel like what you're doing and expecting me just to suddenly have tons of money in a new place to live, it comes from a place of extreme ableism. And you might, you don't have to agree with that, but that's how I feel. And then that's when like shit just absolutely exploded. And you would think within the situation as far as what was going on in that period of time, um, there would be a little bit more understanding that like, even if I did have all this money, this process isn't going to go as fast as it would normally because we're entering a pandemic and things are changing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, especially this is like, cause you said this is when this is like right at the beginning of the this pandemic was essentially the end of December, January. Okay. So, like yeah. so right, when right, it's right, right. The very, right, like, at the very right, beginning I feel of like the that was right when the point when they said like, Americans, were, this is happening. This yeah. is coming yeah. just so you know, it's going mm -hmm. on here and it is coming. There's no, maybe, so I think at that point we knew. But even still, we like knew. I remember, like I was doing stuff even until like March of that year. Same, you know, but like, I do remember, like, I remember like, like knowing full yeah, well like, okay, that, like, I just, yeah, knowing like something was about to happen. Didn't know what like, the shit is about to hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know the extent, the extent either. either. I don't think a lot of us did. No, but, I mean, still, like, well, I think some people knew. <laughs> what was yeah, really funny? True, true, true. Um, I know what you're saying. Yeah, true. Some people they, didn't know. And when March rolled around, and when like things really shut down, and they were like. Oh, no, no, you're fine. You're fine to stay here. Uh, you don't even need to pay us. It's fine. Next week, they're like, yeah, I'm going to need $500. What? That they know you don't have because they just told you that. Well, I was still working. So I had money to give them. And unfortunately, I lost a lot of money to them. Um, do you ever think that um, they took advantage of the pandemic situation? Like as far as like being in a situation where, you know, we had like as a whole society we had to be careful there was we had to limit the contact with other people and maybe that they took a little bit of advantage of like well you can't go certain places and do so you basically work and come there and like yeah and uh coincidentally i think it was like march or april i got in a really bad car accident and lost my car <laughs> like it got total oh that makes oh, it no. even worse so it got even way worse and i'm sure like there like, and then when i and then they're like and then the, then every day i would wake up they'd be like have you found a new car yet found have, have, have you have you found this that yet i found and we'd be like i just woke up or it yeah. would be like right when i get off work they'd be like have you found a new place yet and i'd be like no obviously not i just came back home like so what do you think was the purpose of them like doing this? Like asking? Well, they acted like it was motivation. That's what they acted like. It was anything but motivate right. motivation. If anything, it was 
really deterring my sense of self-value. Like, oh, I can't do this. Wow, they, if, if they're expecting me to be able to do this so easily, why can't I do it? Right. And that, that really fucks with somebody's head. That really fucks with someone's head. Yes. Um, there's um, something that came up in my, uh, like a kind of like a trigger. Okay. Uh, I don't like to use that as a buzzword, but um, have you guys ever heard of rebirthing therapy? No. No. Baby, it sounds familiar. If you start talking about it, I'll let you know if I have. <laughs> so to your audience, this is going to be really nasty. Uh, Sorry, everybody. It's, um, it's where it's usually used in cases of adoption where um, a child is needs to have more of a connection with their parents or an attachment to their parents. Okay. So they do a process that's called rebirthing. So basically they throw a bunch of blankets on the child, a bunch of adults sit on the child, and they That's scream terrifying. at the child, telling them that they're worthless, telling them that they're a quitter, and telling them this, that, and the other thing. Almost always the child will uh, piss, shit, and vomit all over themselves. Sometimes the child will die. And when I started, when I first learned about this, I was like, I've done this before. What? I've done this. No, I remember this. And I remember getting out of the blankets and screaming, and they were like, that's not the right response. And How old were you when that happened? Uh, definitely seven or eight, something like that. Something okay. really young. Who oh would like God. sit and think that that was like, like an okay or healthy? But that was I a mean, especially memory. at that young <laughs> age. Serious repressed I don't memory. blame you. I don't Whoa. blame you. I would <laughs> definitely have repressed memories if I did that too. Like, what? I just don't understand. Like, what person sits down and thinks that you know a young child that that's Dude, a proper that would mental fuck me up. right? Like, <laughs> well, you're just so sensitive when you're young mentally and. Well, the thing is, is something that the psychologists at that time would say is they would scream at the child and call him a quitter over and over. And when I watched a video of that on YouTube, it was like, like, oh, my God. Something like switch yeah, just I, 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 Like it was like a, a repressed memory just clicked off on my head. And I was like, oh, my God. Why do I now? I know why I freak out. I feel like that. Yeah, that would definitely be like a moment where I would be like, I'd be upset and I'd be distressed, but at the same time, I would be curious as to like, okay, is there anything else that I should be that might have happened that I thought was normal that is like completely out of the ordinary? Dude, that's nuts. It, I, <laughs> well, that's kind of why I'm having a hard time uh, answering the question. Um, where it started or where I noticed it right. because I didn't notice it honestly until like. 2019, well, that's, right. that's usually what happens to a lot of people who grew up in like really cult like like they don't really realize it until later on right. in their life when they're like when you look back or something is like some like or you know they have like that moment of like aha you know and it's yeah. like a lot of mini moments of aha until like the final there's one, a there's big like, yeah. one okay. where you're like oh my god like and what like, was this that this is not right this is not normal and um, i'm sure you're gonna have more of that like as time goes. Oh, yeah. you're gonna yeah. be like oh my god like um a lot of ex-scientologists you know have a very similar story also um ex-scientologists and also uh Jehovah's Witnesses, all of them have like this yes. is like strong yeah. like uh, aha moments where they're like, okay, I this is not normal, this is not right, mm -hmm. and but it's almost like you're you know if you were brought up in a certain um, situation like that or similar to that, um, it's almost like the term I would use is almost like you're being groomed, right? Oh yeah, which I hate to use that term because that's what they say when you know it's a term that's associated with like pedophiles a lot. But at the same time, like I feel like that you can use it in that situation, and that's basically what's happening is you're being groomed to become, mm -hmm. you know, part of their organization or thought process. Or Did you uh, hang out with system. like any other kids at the time, like when you're younger and stuff? Like that yeah, was and the there... kids you hung out with were they like? whoever you wanted or, or was that like was or do you feel like you were like ever forced to hang out with like or given the thought was put into your head like this is who you have to hang out with i'm loving your facial expression responses <laughs> they, right now no but i will tell you some interesting things about my childhood like <laughs> um, i feel like we're pressing some buttons right now yeah, I'm sorry. yeah no it's good it's good um the thing is is I was always the kid with the weird household or the weird parents or nobody wanted to stay the nobody. night at Derek's house because it's weird. Yeah. Um, just because there's just all these weird arbitrary rules like, oh God, I can't even think of any because I'm just on the spot. But it's probably also too because like, it, it, some of it you just like you didn't think anything of it at the time no right. not at all i was like why am i why 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 do i why do my friends hate my parents or why do my right. friends not want to hang out with me it's so weird like what's wrong with me <laughs> yeah well because yeah. any young 
person, adolescent person would think what's wrong with me. They wouldn't, you know, they don't know to always go to the bigger picture. Right. And that's a huge problem with indoctrination is like reflecting on yourself on about it and um, self-reflection. Like self, right. if you were self-reflect on your own indoctrination, it can get really scary because you're like, how did I let that happen? Right. Nobody, nobody goes into um, church of Scientology and says, this is the way. Yeah, here, like, I mean, they don't, they, they don't, like, yeah. no, they, no, they, they don't say this is a cult and I want to be a part of this cult. They don't do that. Yeah, no, no, it's, nobody does well, that. Like, okay. Scientology is a, we'll use Scientology as an example here. Scientology, what they do is like, they give you like the basic self-help crap that every like, um, organization or whatever gives you. They feed you like, like here's things to make you better. And it's some of it's like really basic self-help stuff that actually works. And it's not just Scientology. It's, you know, it's just basically thinking better. It's all PMA, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, then it's like, okay, cool. Now we have you. You got the sales right. pitch. You're in. And now it's like, and then the process of like brainwashing and controlling and everything else starts manipulating, starts happening. And it's very slow and gradual yeah. to the point where- You don't know. Yeah. And then, and then by the time you realize it, it's like you're ingrained and your entire life is built um, around it. Your friends are built around it. Your job is built around it. You and don't then, know anything else. Yeah. And it's like- I recently watched um, a documentary on- um, Waco, Texas in that whole situation. And that was a big thing that they were talking about. Like it was slowly built into these people over time that when it got to the point when they were all trapped into that building together and they knew that the outcome wasn't going to be good, like Mm -hmm. no one cared and they didn't seem to understand. They just knew that they were being told don't leave. So they just accepted it. Well, some of them wanted to stay. Right. Like, well, a lot of, actually, well, most they, of them that's did. what I'm saying. They, yeah. they, like, most of them did stay, yeah. and they wanted to stay because they were fed that. And they were fed that that's what they were supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and that's what God wanted them to do was stay and support him with, when really he's well, because he a was crazy like, psychopath. Well, because he was the second coming of Christ. That's that was the, right. that was oh, exactly yeah. what that he was said. The, yeah, he was yeah. Yeah, the whole that was that was the whole thing. They were they and were like, following Christ. There's all these people too that they talk to that they <laughs> By talk arming to arming themselves with lots right. of weapons. Well, there was all these people too, which you think is, but then there was all these people too that they talked to that were part of it and are still consider themselves part of that religion. That still this today to still to this day believe the guy and I forget his name because he holds no importance to me. Uh, David Koresh. Yes, Koresh is still yeah. going to come back. Yeah, he's going to come back from the dead just like. Christ did and that they are still believing this because when he comes back, they want to be ready and prepared to follow him again. Well, it's just like uh, Scientologists and, you know, they're waiting for the reincarnation of uh, the reincarnation oh, of uh, oh, Robert. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the greatest salesman who ever lived. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, anyway, going back to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> going back to you. <laughs> well, I, what, really kind of so there was there was no like cult leader with your with your situation though there wasn't like anybody mm. that was like guiding your family though mm, not not officially no yep. but um, not official but <laughs> yeah so yes i i feel like i understand what you're saying yeah. like there was no official title but there was definitely someone that had a hold i can tell you that it's a very matriarchal system okay that's what i can okay. tell you yep um but Something that they did that really put me under their control that was very upsetting that I found out slowly and more and more as I grew up is that my uh, my uh, my family was telling my uh, teachers, my coaches and everything, they were telling them that I was autistic or special needs. And I don't think I'm autistic. I have nothing against people that suffer with autism. I think I have a decent ability in expressing myself and, you know, I don't think that I am autistic. I definitely maybe suffer from a little ADHD. Which is different. <laughs> well, it's yeah. different, but some, some, some psychologists will say that it's on the, the same scale, but that's, that's all hearsay right now. But I feel like that's a big thing um, to go around telling teachers and coaches about your child if you've not taken your child to be yeah, officially diagnosed, diagnosed and you have no official mm-hmm. diagnosis, which you clearly don't mm-hmm. for a reason. And I, you wonder if maybe they knew that. They never got an official diagnosis because they knew they couldn't get one. Instead, we're just going to say it. Yeah, I can't say I knew the exact reason for that, but I know it made... Uh, it made my teachers treat me a lot different than everybody you in my class. You wonder maybe if that's what it was. Like it was maybe uh, 
two things that I can think of was because people would treat you different as well as that's going to mentally affect you. And to a point, it's going to make you think that you need them as some sort of crutch because you're not capable yes. of being a full human being without some type of support. You've hit the nail on the head on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm able to remember another weird thing that was able to happen. And in a cult-like area, you can't joke around about anything, anything subjective, anything, even that the, the, the organization is against. Yeah. Um, so laughing when Bill Cosby got arrested. <laughs> right. That was wrong. That okay, was I really, really just start laughing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let me think here. Um, uh, I just want some pudding that, pops. That, that, we know a, what you meant by that, pudding pops. Bill Cosby. We know what you meant. Yeah. That's exactly like, that's exactly what you're talking about there. You can't laugh about that. And you said that immediately. I started start laughing. laughing. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> because that's the normal human response. Like, or any joke that involved anything remotely sexual, anything like, something it's taboo like no it was like that's a joke about rape don't do that that's a joke about rape because they make you feel like something that would be the most extreme right even though it's just like a basic sexual because joke, they don't rape. Right. nothing about rape nothing you know, about it's, violating it's a natural like thing but they want to make you feel like it's unnatural yeah and that you shouldn't be talking about it or associating or even thinking about it. Stifling the person, right, putting them right. down, make sure they're controlled. Right. That's really what it and is. And if you, you know, say that or you think about it, then you're immediately having these feelings of guilt associated with it. Exactly. Yes. 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 Spot yep. on. That's that's what that's what that's all about. Yeah. And um, Which I think is completely wrong because, you know, that's definitely a natural part of human life, you know. How we reproduce. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But the thing, it's <laughs> it's just like, if I were to say, and jokingly, does my butt look big in these jeans? That's about rape, Derek. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus. That's something like that. Wow. It would be something like that. That's insane. Like that kind of yeah. stuff. Instead of just answering the question. Instead of being like, oh, yeah, sure, your butt looks big. Or, dude, Derek, that's, that's not funny. Or you could easily say that. Yeah. But, no. It was... That is um, really weird. Well, it's the process of stifling somebody, yeah. constantly right. putting is... them down, and and because <laughs> you can control them that way. I know this because of this, but the definition of power in a human sense is having others carry out your will. So yeah. think about that. Power over a person is having them carry out your will. Yeah. Great. So it comes down to kind of almost a religious angle by itself, where you think. Is submission to a belief system freedom? And in this case, for me, it wasn't. It was the exact opposite. I can't say that, you know, submitting to a religion is freedom, but I mean, right. not freedom. I'm not going to say that it's not freedom, you know, and like uh, polarize people. But in this case, my submission was felt like freedom, but it was not. Right, which I, I understand what you're saying. Like, it's everyone's, you know, you're entitled to believe whatever you want to believe. Of course, and, yeah. you know, that's absolutely your right as a human. And I'm not going to tell anybody they're wrong. But when it gets to a point like that, when it's a degree where you are causing that kind of mental harm on somebody, or even in some situations, you're causing physical harm or encouraging somebody to cause physical harm on other people, then at that point, it's, it's not okay anymore. Yeah. Um, having or any type of religious belief should not cause an individual to have mental or physical harm on themselves sure. or other people at that point, then like something, something's wrong. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Cause I think like, um, I think there's a lot of good that can come out of religion. Right. I think there's also mm -hmm. a lot of like people also use it to corrupt as well. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, yeah. But yeah. I think that That's just comes with the same yeah, exactly. having others carry out your will. But like yeah. if I meet people, like I have friends who are Muslim and it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like, I, they tell me about it. I'm like, it sounds cool, man. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. Like they're, they're really good people. It makes yeah. them a good person. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm glad I know people who are strong Christians. And yeah. again, there's, like, right. they're awesome. Like, I mean, I recently dated a girl that was Hindu and she was really cool. Yeah. Didn't work out, but she was really cool. And I've met, 
atheists who I couldn't stand. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, like, I, met, I think that's a met, perfect example. And I've met like, Christians who have, like, you know, have irated me to no extent. I think God. basically what that comes so it's down like, to is, like, what you believe shouldn't define your personality. Thank you. Right, I'm and so when it starts yeah. to do that, like, what you're talking about is, like, it sh- it's starting to define you as a person and that's what they want, obviously. Yeah. Um, that's when the red flag should start shooting up because yeah. you should be able to have these relationships with somebody, you know, you should be able to have a Hindu girlfriend. We should be able to have friends that don't believe the same things mm-hmm. we do um, because I feel like that helps us, you know, grow and learn and that brings a more wholesome relationship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when it gets to the point where so it's, it's that's who you are. Yeah. So for you, were you like raised like super strict, like religious? Yeah. Was there any so, religious involved in this or was there I like- will, I will disclose the religions, but I don't want to talk about who is who. Okay. Uh, just, you know, to avoid specific, like anybody getting sued. That's fine. Um, so there was, first there was Catholicism. Then it was Christianity. Which are similar. And then it was weird Christianity where we went out to a church in the middle of the woods with, um, priest was he's a nice guy but he's very flamboyant okay. very flamboyant and he liked he liked to tickle all right i was gonna ask when you said that yeah. when you started to go down that road if there yeah. was something else going on there because yeah. that makes you seem I remember like yelling at him to stop and people laughing and yeah, it wasn't good. That but. was probably maybe the intentions behind having that type of setup. It's it's to make me feel weak. Right. It's Power well too like you know, it's that is what it is, and it's this is where it's located conveniently out in the woods. And yeah. I'm also like gonna Way do this. There's but nowhere. the church is not is seems like maybe this is like no, a disguise. This is I'm saying this Ooh. is what it right. I'm saying this is what it is, but this is really my disguise to be able to do the Whatever type of thing right there's a, probably there's a lot unfortunately. of that unfortunately in uh like in the higher ups of the mormonism they have that and also like jehovah's witnesses there's rampant abuse in jehovah's witnesses mm-hmm. yes and okay. it's really unfortunate yeah yeah never had a problem with the catholic church surprisingly though <laughs> that's what's so surprising you, you know i, was, I, I remember like the priests i talked to they were, nice they were nice guys they were nice guys that's See, that's a joke I couldn't have made right there. That's right, a joke right. I could not have made. Jeez. That would have been. I feel like that Derek, would have been a joke real about bad. rape. And kind of, yeah. kind of, it's more alluding to sexual things, but right. that's a joke I couldn't have made right there. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. No, what's up? Sure, yeah, go. Do you guys have repetitive dreams? Um, or any kind of like dream that just keeps happening that you're trying to figure out? Not as of recently, but I used to, yes. We I about, used to have. We just talked about that. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did actually. Um, I used to have um, several different repetitive dreams. Um, I had a really weird one when I was little that I vaguely remember. Um, I had a period of time where I repetitively had dreams about losing my teeth, which apparently I've heard various things that that's supposed to mean. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I also had a period of time where I always had repetitive dreams um, it wasn't always the same exact situation, but it was very similar. I was always somewhere driving and I always was in the same car and I would get like pulled over and something stupid would happen and they would arrest me and take me to jail for like something really stupid. And I would wake up like, nobody's going to take you to jail for that. I don't really have repetitive dreams. I have, um, I have a couple of locations that I've constantly revisited. One was a, one was a theme park. It's really weird. It's like a, yeah, it's like I was a bizarre land of like Cedar Point or Kings Island. It's like really cool. strange. But every time I go there, it's like it's always like there's always a couple of roller coasters. They're always there. Is it scary? No, not normally. Okay. Um, but it is. There's always it always seems off because like, right. it's a dream. So See, like, uh, so in like it's my brain doing you know engineering you, right. <laughs> like I had a stuff, one, so, like, a s- so nothing nothing like adds up or nothing right. really makes sense the road coasters are really bizarre looking because mm. it's my brain making them and I yeah. am nowhere near every time an engineer. you look at it it'll be different yeah. Yeah. I had a similar thing that I was talking about too on our last episode where it's like I have a location like but it's mildly terrifying um, there's always this highway 
in my brain that sometimes I like get taken to in my dreams. And whenever it appears, it's it's kind of terrifying um, because I know what the outcome of the dream, where it's going. Um, so like you get on this highway and then you'll get off to exit somewhere and the sign says you're going to wherever it is you want to go. But when you get off, you know that you're not going to be where you want to go. Um, you're gonna It's going to spit you out yeah. somewhere bad. Yeah. You don't know where it's going to be. That's going to be bad, so but you're going to be somewhere bad. Why so. are you asking? You want to? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do want to know. Yes. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> why okay. are you asking? So I, I do have uh, a dream that's repeated, repeated, and that I've confronted uh, my, I guess, captors with. And so the dream is, um, and it's this is the trigger in the dream that I know it's going into that direction. A beer bottle flies past my head smashes on a wall right next to me. I look down and my my ankle is chained to the floor. Now that's never happened in particular. Okay. But I feel like it's also very similar. Except for the beer bottle. The beer bottle did. Right, the beer bottle happened. But the thing is is in this dream, I the moment I realize that I'm either locked in a room or chained to the floor, I'm insanely fucked up. Like I can't communicate. Like I'm trying to like yell out the window and I'm just going and oh, I can see people out the window and I'm like banging and they just like <laughs> and, Hey Darren, and, that, and that dream happens a lot. Oh, and man. I and I tried to like talk to the people that I'm having this dream about and they're just like mm, all right, well, that sucks. <laughs> so if I, Jordan, if I had a dream, it was like Jordan had a dream that you um you tortured me and you locked me in a room and you drugged me. What would your immediate response be? It probably wouldn't be that, would it? No. no. <laughs> I would be concerned no. as to like, I like, would be like, why, why did, like, did I do something? <laughs> I might concern be like, okay. did I do something that upset you like right. that we need yeah. to talk about? Because I want to know like, yeah. And I'm sorry if I like that would be my I'd also be like, and, do you violent like do you want to like commit like violence against me or something? Well, right, right. That <laughs> too. Like, is there something going on? Like, what happened? Let's talk about this. Now imagine if that happened like several times and I was like five times in a row, five days in a row. I'm like, Jordan, I had that dream again where you tortured me and yeah. you had me yeah. locked in a room and drugged me. I would and, like want to sit down and be like, okay, right, let's, same. Let's, I'd be like, like we need to sit down and talk. something. We need to, right, talk. We need no, to figure and, it out because I want to help you. Would be my, <laughs> as a friend, I would be like, yeah, we let's sit down and talk about this so we can figure it out. Yeah, and this is how I found out that I was screaming in my sleep. Oh, you're having night terrors? I was, yeah, for a while. Oh, Not anymore, though. But uh, that's they they were like banging on the door and going, shut up. And I'm just like, wake up. And I'd be like, Oh, oh, God. So did you ever figure out what was neighbors? causing it? No, not my neighbors. Okay. Did you ever figure out, like, was there, like, some internal fear that was causing it? Or are you still just kind of, like, trying to figure that out? There is an internal fear that... Because um, that would be my That guess. I'll be captured again or taken in again or... Do you think maybe part of that fear is, like, an internal fear that, like, you feel like if you are taken again to that, that that could eventually lead to that kind of situation because you've already left once that they're going to try to prevent you from leaving? Yeah, yeah. I'd, They're gonna like chain you to the floor and cut your tongue out, maybe. I. <laughs> it's funny. See, it's no, funny, I don't mean, but, I don't mean yeah. to laugh, but but yeah. it's funny. But like I, that, that, that is a definite fear. Um, but um, I am not pro gun, but that's the only thing that made me feel safe in my own home. I'll tell you that. Um, I had to get one, and I've never used it once. I don't want to use it, but mm -hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, I if it makes you feel right. feel safe at home. You know, I've heard um, situations of other people in similar situations. Once they once they've left, they've done similar things because they feel like they always have this internal fear that they're going to come back for me, mm -hmm. and I don't want to go. Like yeah. I don't want to go back to that, so I need Never. to protect myself. Yeah. And if this is the ultimate protection that like I have to, the step that I have to take mm -hmm. to prevent myself from going back, I've heard other of other people doing that. Like. Mm -hmm. You know, basically, like I, it's you know, I'm I'm not going back, and if I have to shoot him to prevent it, like mm -hmm. I have I have a friend who uh, she was walking down the street, and five guys jumped out of the van, tried to kidnap her, and she ran away. She got away, and right after that, she got her killer carry conceal. That would terrify me because I would feel like that was like thing. with yeah. that group of big of a people in a van, like my immediate yeah. thought would be like human trafficking. Yeah, that was uh, absolutely human trafficking. Well, it was one of the scariest stories someone told me that I know. And I was like, that's insane. So yeah. stuff yeah. like that makes me like terrified to I, walk down the street by myself so, at night. And I feel like that's that was on that's a, the reason to have a firearm in, uh, as a civilian, I feel, is 
purely locked this, up in your home, self-protection, um, or maybe at your hip. And this at happened at one of the more like busiest intersections in Columbus. I definitely yeah. don't like have like a firearm, <laughs> but what? I do Broad have high. around there. I don't want to give the exact specifics. Well, I feel like too with stuff there, like so, that, yeah. like it's maybe easier because there's more people. And like, if there's think about trying to do something, something like that, if there's less people around, someone's going to catch that, you doing it. Actually, it. happened at um, this happened a couple years ago, but it actually happened at the Gateway on oh campus. God. But if you remember, the Gateway was built on an abandoned lot where all the pimps and whores and like they would sell drugs on mm-hmm. the corner of 11th and High all yeah. the time. Clearly, and they're then, just coming back to their roots. And then they, uh, you know, they built this like this, this movie theater and everything else there. But yeah, she was walking out of the Gateway. Mm-hmm. And that's where it happened. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it was like one of those yeah. dangerous corners on campus. This is why <laughs> I carry like a weapon on my yeah. keychain of my keys, like because of this very reason. Like I used yeah. to live in downtown Columbus, and like I had to take the bus to and from work. And sometimes by the time I got off the bus, I still would have to walk um, a couple blocks to my apartment, yeah. and yeah. that is why because I never knew what was going to happen. And yeah. I remember when Keith and I first started dating to like the nights I got off the bus, he also would talk to me on the phone while I walked back to my apartment for this very reason. Makes sense, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's you know, people yeah. do some things like- it's Process of self-preservation. Right, You know, right. whatever makes you feel safe. And sometimes, sometimes you gotta take extreme measures. I mean, some people make a bunker because they think nuclear war's coming, right. you know? Some people do that and that's kind of a legitimate worry, but it, kind of, you know? You know. Some, mean, something could happen. Some, some people are just absolutely afraid of nukes. I had a period in my life where I was afraid of nukes. Like 19, I remember it was 1996 when I first pl- found out what nukes were. I was like 10 <laughs> years old. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> Why? Nukes are terrifying. Um, I will say as far as the bunker thing go, that's never been a desire of mine. I've never been like, yeah, I'm going to do this. But they, there are moments like, because I've, I'm a big, as far as video games go, I'm a very huge Fallout series fan. <laughs> Part of my brain is like, you know, maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea to have yeah. one of those yeah, but then bunkers you gotta th- or something. But I'm not going to do <laughs> you it. you got to think about the typical kind of person that has a bunker. Right. <laughs> and I'm not like that. So but then you're like, people are going to be like, do you have a bunker? Like, what do you use the right. bunker like, for? What do you have a bunker for? Yeah. Right. What do you use it for right now? <laughs> right, right. Who's in there? Most people right probably now. have, if anyone has a, uh, has a bunker, it's probably used for storage and it's probably just like, mm-hmm. they probably have an itemized list of everything that's in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of keeping people chained up though, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm Yeah, that's like, that's what basements are for, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, one thing that was kind of weird is they were totally all right with smoking weed. Really? Yeah. Like they well, wait. Know, like, so you can't so, make sex jokes, but you can smoke weed. Yeah. So like, for, okay. So like Xenos, you, you mentioned Xenos. I remember I went to a Xenos wedding. Ooh. Yeah, it was one of the most loveless weddings I've ever been to. It was weird. <laughs> I mean, it was just really, really strange. It wasn't like I know. It was just like everything just felt cold. Like there was like no, there was nothing was really inviting about it. It was just really strange. And this I went feels to so unnatural. And I went to like the. Uh, and the thing is, like, Xenos is, like, they do, like, co-ed and, like, uh, like sleeping and stuff like that. They have, mm-hmm. like, houses where they do, like, co-eds and stuff like that. But, like, I went to, like, the bachelor party. There's tons of alcohol. Like, just tons. Like, they are big drinkers. Like, drinking is totally okay and with Xenos. Like, there's, like, there's Drunk people are using control. It was, like, tons <laughs> of alcohol. Right. So, you can have it, but right. only when they say. Right. Yeah. It was just, like... I know, but like, I feel every, like that's what that was. Like you it was like, it's like, it feels like, it felt like I went to like this bachelor, like, it felt like I was at a like, best way to describe it, it would be like, because we were at the church for the bachelor party. Like, that's where, like, they had like the, they had the, um, like the, what is it, like, for the pre, the uh, crap, like the trial run and everything that they did all that. And then everyone like separated and they were like, okay, we're going to like eat dinner and like drink and stuff. And they had the bachelor party at the church, which I thought was really weird. <laughs> like, wow. We're like drinking and all like stuff like that. Control like, thing. Yeah. It was really strange. I felt like oh. I was at like a camp, like counseling thing. Like, you know, we're like, Oh, what's going Like, we're going to be like with all the campers, like hanging out, but there's still like somebody there was still kind of like moderate. It was really strange. That I was, like, sounds really weird. I'm like, like this is the very, it sounds very uncomfortable. <laughs> like that would just make me very uncomfortable. And it was funny. Cause I was with my, um, it was my ex-girlfriend's sister was getting married. And so her, 
the husband to be invited me to the bachelor party and like stuff. And I was like, okay. Cause he had, he invited her father too. How awkward. So I think her father wanted me to go. It was like, I need someone normal. No, <laughs> it's like how long with her father really well. Right. And he was like, he was like, they're like, you're invited. And she was like, you should go. Cause my dad's going to need someone to talk to. Um, yeah, you <laughs> and that's just, what I did. I sat huh? next to her dad. And I it was like, I'm like, this is crazy. I'm surrounded by a bunch of like 20 year olds. And the one person I'm getting along with is like this 50 year old hippie dude. <laughs> so like kind of similar situation, like being in a, a crowd that you don't have, like, um, you know, that's, that's part of something like that. I had a friend, um, years ago who was a Jehovah's witness. Um, and she started dating a guy who was not a Jehovah's witness. Um, so obviously they shunned her for this. Um, and she wasn't really able to see her family or talk to them. And she wanted to go to church one day because um, she missed, she basically, she just wanted to see her family and that was the only way she could see them. Um, and like, I had known all this stuff was happening. She'd talked to me about it. And she was telling me like one day, oh, cause they had like a church service in the afternoon. It was like a Saturday or Sunday. And she was just very nervous about it. And she was talking all day and she wasn't sure if she was gonna do it, if she wasn't gonna do it. And then finally it just got to be closer to time and I could tell she wanted to, and I felt bad. And I was like, listen, would it make you feel more comfortable if I went with you? So I went with her and oh my goodness. Like, so I'm sitting here, obviously, you know, you walk into that situation, they know you're not one of them. Mm -hmm. The guy that's preaching is up there talking. He gets to this point um, in his sermon where he starts discussing how, you know, their theory as far as who's going to hell and who's not like if you're not a Jehovah's Witness you're obviously you know you're obviously you're going to hell and like he's saying all this and like imagine you're me he's saying all this and looking right at me like this while he's doing it priests do that a lot and I was like and it was very like well, right. It's, it was it's, 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 not welcoming in the inside. Yeah, but that's also no. like, it's also part of the sales pitch. It's like, a okay, sales pitch. So it's like I felt But like it's like a backward sales pitch because I I felt like it was a sales pitch, but I also felt like it was that slash he was letting me know like he knew why I was there. He no. knew I had no interest and in, like in becoming part of their thing. And like, it was like, he was telling me like, you're not part of us and you're not good enough. Well, you're the outsider. So right. You're the weak one. Right. Them. Exactly. So that's, that's exactly what, that what it felt like. And so. I was just like, I didn't say anything to anybody there. And I kind of was just like, whatever I, you know, that's, you know, I was kind of beyond that. Cause I was like, you have, this has no personal effect on my life. And this is not at all why I'm here. So if that's what you want to think fine, cool, I'm going to walk out the door and I'm going to be just fine. Yeah, well, it's that <laughs> holier-than-thou kind of thing. Right. Oh, God, yeah, that's that's like indoctrination 101. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to get to one of these things here because I actually can find a good note here that I made. Um, so, no job I had was good enough. No job I ever had was good enough. Um, Damn, my family I, sometimes was just like, oh, good, you have a job. I remember... <laughs> right. I was working uh, for a while for Apple Incorporated, like directly for Apple. I was making a lot of money, and uh, I was—I thought I was like, okay. I brought my girlfriend with me to dinner with my family, and I'm thinking at the dinner like things are good. I got my girlfriend here talking to my family, and then I told, and then they said, "So, so you're working at Apple now?" I was like, "Oh yeah, it's doing pretty good." And they're like, "How long is it going to be till you get fired from there?" Wow. I remember looking over at my girlfriend and being like, I'm sorry, I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, uh, guess what happened right when I freaking, and early to 2020. Lost your job? Uh, I was told, I was told that my, my job is just shit. I should have a better job. So you, oh. need, to, so you need to quit. You need to quit. Okay. This is why you're living with them, right? Not and and well, I'm already living with them. Okay, yeah. So, so this is another method of control. Again. Yeah, right. Because if you so, quit, then you're more relied on. You have to rely on them, them because and, you have to like. Well, I don't have money to live, and, and so it, I need your help. Unfortunately, I did quit that job, and then I got another job at a gas station under one of the most toxic people I've ever met in my life. I got a job as a manager there. Uh, I worked one week and I quit because I just couldn't do it. Right. I immediately got a job at. Uh, the most recent place I work uh, and 
that's great, but that wasn't good enough, even though I'm, I was bring, you know, fresh out of college, bringing home over $3,000 a month. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, working part-time, by the way. Yeah. 25 hours a week. Yeah, that's what I was making. But you noticed, I noticed that. Um, that wasn't good enough. The relying on things seems to be very consistent with like cults and cult type yeah. situations is, Nothing's ever you know, enough. like as long, because they know if you have to rely on them, then you're not going to leave. Yeah. And I've, you know, the you thing, too. and then yeah. unfortunately to that eventually to. just like develops into like a mental thing where like you've convinced yourself like psyops. Yeah. Like I have to stay here and you think you're doing the right thing, which is um, mm -hmm. unfortunate. But I mean, it's like, so at it's this just point, so sad that like people like, you know, like you go to that mindset where you think you need something like that yeah. and you cannot be your own person and make your own decisions because ultimately like they're making decisions for you. Yes. Yes. That's, uh, again, they, they uh, push the person down, control them, make the decisions for them, and then they carry out the will. That's essentially how it works. So at this point, like you knew that like, this is fucked up. Oh, I knew that it was fucked yeah. up by then. I think by like March 2020, I was like, like when real lockdown hit, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Right. I was going to yeah. say, I, would, I yeah. would, couldn't imagine being in that situation where you knew you were going to be stuck um, in very close quarters with... Mm -hmm you know, that type of environment mm -hmm. coming down on you constantly. Like, yeah. I just would feel, I don't, I don't imagine how I would feel like just knowing like the, I don't feel like there's any way you could just mentally prepare yourself for that. There's no way to prepare yourself for it. There Dude, I, I had to move in with my parents a while back and this was like nine years ago. My parents are pretty normal. And I was like, after three months, I was like, I can't freaking do this. So I can't even imagine like right. <laughs> what you went through. So yeah, it was like, uh, basically January to November and those like 11 months of pure hell, oh pure unadulterated hell. And you know, when I, when I finally got out, it was, so let's talk about that. So how did you, yeah, get out? that's going to be my what's, next what's, question. What was, what did like, you do? Did you... Like, was there a discussion or did you just up and leave and just, nope. and like, nope. okay. So what'd you do? Did how? they say anything to you? So when I started noticing like that, I, cannot do this anymore. I cannot be around them. It was about like late October, like I think November 1st, November 2nd. Right on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> my birthday. Uh, um, my birthday is November 13th. So no, mine's it was November 1st. Like, okay. It's like so, a birthday yeah. present to yourself. No, we're all Scorpios. Well, <laughs> was it though? Let me uh, elaborate a little further. Um, so this is when I'm just like, I need to take my life into control. I finally have a good job. I finally have a decent car. I can finally do this. I can escape. I can do it if I really put my mind to it. So I set bait. I set bait for him and it worked. <laughs> That's amazing. So what I did is I started talking about what was happening on my Instagram, either typing it out into like long po posts or just mm. talking directly into the camera. Okay. And I did this for like an hour straight while I, while I was leaving, while I was like kind of sitting around at work leaving. So Dead. what kind of things were you talking about? What was exactly everything I've talked about that's been happening. Okay. And also more specifically focusing on the thousands of dollars that I lost. Um, so I get a text <laughs> from them and they're screaming at their, well, they're not screaming. Well, they, they are, they are going to be screaming text at me. Screaming. Yeah, they're text they're screaming, screaming at me, telling me I'm worthless. Uh, find a new family, all this, that, and the other thing. So I, so I'm like, all right, you know what? Okay, I'm out. I'm out, and uh, I need. I'm gonna come pick up my stuff right now, and I will go get a hotel room. And and they're like, you can't come into this house. And I was like, I get mail there. Yes, I can. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. I can. I get mail there. <laughs> and then they're, and they're like, well, okay, fine. So I was like, all right, no, it's fine. I will call the cops. They'll meet me here, and they'll help me get my stuff out of the house. So. When I get to the house, the cops have not arrived yet. I'm starting to take things very quickly from my from my room out to my car. So you actually call the cops? Like, yeah, I call the cops. That's I'm, I'm doing this. Man. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And they're and as I'm doing it, they're trying to like push me down the stairs. What? They're, they're pushing me into the wall, trying to like really get me to like hit them back, basically. Oh, so that yeah. when the sh cops show they're up, they're really trying to like really do it. But fortunate for me, they hit me hard enough for me to fall down the stairs and cause bruises. Oh. So then the cops get there. So when the cops got there, I sat down on the curb waiting for them. My captors come out and they start screaming at the cops. And 
they say, did you call the, did you call us? And they say, no, no, he did. He did. And they're, they're like, all right. They come and walk over to me and they're like, what's going on here? And I'm just like, I just want to get my stuff out. I just want to go. I, these are horrible people. And I feel like they're going to try to keep me here. And they're just like, do you need help getting stuff out? And I'm like, yes, please. And I, Did and you tell them and, about getting pushed down the yes, stairs and, and like show I, them? And, they, and, they, and I said, can you please like take notice of this? And I had like bruise, 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 bruise. And then just felt, so I just like, like, looked up my shirt and they took pictures of the bruises. <laughs> and I, they asked me if I wanted to press charges. I said yes, but ultimately nothing ever came of it, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I got my stuff out. Um, called up a close friend of mine, stayed on his couch for two days, got an apartment immediately, and then boom, I had my own thing, and I've never looked back. Nice. Good for you. Good. Good for yeah. you. And now I feel safe. Good. That's yeah. the most important thing is that you feel safe now. Yeah. Um, do you ever, like, think about and wonder, like, oh, I pressed charges. I wonder what happened that, like, nothing ever became of that. Do you have, like, theories or do you just kind of leave it alone and let that? I leave it alone because I don't, ever want, to I don't ever want yeah. to return to right. them. Right. Don't ever, ever, ever want to. Right. You don't want them. To like, them. I mean, they've already physically held you captive. You don't want them to, you know, hold your thoughts captive as well. Right. So I feel yeah. like that's probably the I, bigger part. You're I, being the bigger person on that. I feel like that would be like asking David Miscavige's father to go back to Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> We've all heard Ron, that Ron Miscavige. Oh, Ron, yeah. That's his name, Ron, Ron Miscavige. Miscavige yeah. He's a really interesting guy. Oh, he's, he's interesting. He does embellish a little bit, but yeah. he's, right, he's an but interesting guy. Him and, his, so. him and his wife escaped Scientology by hiding in the back of a truck. It's <laughs> an awesome story. <laughs> it is. No, it is. It's, it's a great story. He literally escaped Scientology. It's it's insane. I read the so, book. Yeah. Um, he's a really interesting guy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, I'm glad, like, things have worked out for you for better now, and, like, all that shit's behind you. Yeah, I've learned a lot through kind of introspection, thinking about the past, and I've learned a lot through, like, the triggers. Um, I think I found out about the rebirthing thing, like, in actually 2015, actually. Oh, wow. That's when I just saw it on a YouTube video, like, this controversial form of therapy needs to be removed, and it's already been removed. Yeah. So, right, I'm sure. And then, I, and then, like, that epiphany happened. Oh, that sounds illegal. Like, <laughs> it is. It is. Now yeah, it is. It, it, it wasn't illegal in the early 90s. I'm not surprised. That's crazy that that like happened. Yeah. Like I just I it's, you wonder like I, I my big thing that stands out to me um you telling that story is when they said that's not the right reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like it was like that was a test. It's it's hard yeah, it's hard to even respond to when somebody says that's not the right reaction. And something it's something like that. Like what was I you know, especially (laughs) when it's something like that, like how was I supposed to react when you were basically scaring the shit out of me? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say they were the worst people to smoke weed with. (laughs) I bet. God, dude. Talk about feeling like paranoid, I feel like I'd be like I was fine with it. They were they were just sitting there just Watch Catch. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch Deadliest Catch. Fuck that. <laughs> like, and they and they'd always fuck up their bong rips, and it was hilarious. And I'd be like, "You're hitting the bong wrong. I'm not in the bong wrong. <laughs> You're living your life wrong." Wow. We all know what the wrong bong hit yeah. looks like. Yes. So yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm really glad that everything's working out for you now. Oh, I am right. too. And the thing is, is it it did act as kind of a writer's block for me for a long time. I bet. Yeah. Uh, Cause it made me a f- terrified to write about anything. Yeah. But now things are going well. Got things going, got my own website and all that good stuff. Yeah, I was say, you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, I got a website uh, where I'm keeping my blog work and portfolio work and doing like book reviews, all that good stuff. Uh, That's awesome. E S O D E R E K dot org. S O Uh, also, my twi- my Twitch handle spastic. Actually, no, wait. My Twitter, my Twitter is spastic six one four. Spastic six one four on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, also, you can find us on Twitter at the Spooky Door, and also any social media. Just using the spo- uh, the Spooky Door. You can visit our website at any time. Go to thespookydoor.com. You can email us at info at Spooky Door. Send in your own stories, or if you have any comments or anything you want us to write or say to us, or even to Derek. Uh, you know how to get a hold of all of us. We want to thank Derek so much for being on the show today. Thank you thank for having you, me Derek. on. Yes, really your, story, your story was incredible. And I just hope that my stories help somebody. Right, I was going to say, that I, hope, right. I hope that if anybody's listening or watching to this, watching this and yeah. you know, you can relate to it, I hope it helps you hearing that someone was in a situation and they got their self out. Yeah, right. I'm not doing this. You can this, take care of yourself. I'm not doing this for clout or whatever, you know. I'm doing this because if there's somebody out there that hears this and starts to have an aha moment like I do. I can do this. Right. I, I feel like I've done something right. Which you have. Yes. Which you, yeah. which you have. And I, I respect the fact that, you know, even as hard as this whole situation was for you, um, you were able to come here and talk about it. So thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You. And once again, we want to thank Derek for being on the show. My name is Jordan. With me, it's always Ashley. And journey through us next time through the spooky door. Hello. Thank you again for watching our video. We also want to thank Derek for sharing his incredible story with us. However, we also want to take a quick minute to reach out to those who might be in a similar situation or even know someone that is. We want to remind everyone it is okay to find support and seek help. We wanted to share with everyone an organization we found called daretodoubt.org. Dare to Doubt is a resource hub for people detaching from harmful belief systems. Their aim is to help those heal from the damage of indoctrine by connecting people with mental health professionals, aid organizations, and peer support groups. They have a wide range of resources to help individuals escape harmful organizations or groups a person might be ingrained in. Thank you again for everyone for watching our video. If you have any other questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at info at spookydoor.com. And thanks again for watching.